0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike truck. This is ground ball to second base. Ren Heeple falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. Let's go! Big fly for Anthony Rendon.
0: Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry.
1: This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Red and Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez.
0: You're listening to the All Angels Podcast.
2: And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Down Garcia, and we're going to talk about the Minnesota Twin Series. Angels visiting Minnesota over the last week and four game series. Um, some news that happened before the first pitch on Thursday, we had Justin Upton activated off the IL with Taylor Ward being option. Obviously Upton being a key factor in the lineup before he went on the IL. You hope as fans and that the angels are able to capitalize on him coming back and getting some more production from him offensively. So talk about Thursday, July 22nd. Again, first game up in Minnesota. Andrew Heaney was on the mound. Uh, trying to bounce back from a hard start the last couple of times out there. Uh, so it would be really interesting to see, you know, again, a guy that is a free agent, a guy that uh, has been with the angels for quite a while. I think he's the longest tenured angel pitcher to this point. So you kind of almost root from in that aspect of it, but he has had a really uh, tough time this last couple outings, but Andrew Henney on the mound, like I said, looking to bounce back a little bit this Time out. Well, Upton did play left field, and that's kind of been a big issue with the Angels over the last, you know, month or so is, is getting consistent defensive play from outfielders. And that's the main reason why they did bring up Brandon Marsh, the main reason why they did sign Adam Eaton. And obviously, with Upton back, it was another outfielder playing the outfield, and he really paid off dividends early in the game when. A defensive play, a defensive rally uh, really helped keep the game close.
1: But that's lined into the corner, and that's trouble. Larnik scooting around third. They're going to try to send him home. Here's the relay to the plate, and it's in time to get him. Now he called him out. Stassi's hurt. I think he missed the plate and he dropped the ball and then he was
2: able to come back and apply the tag. It looked like. So a couple of things on that play, a very good defensive, um, you know, throwing the ball around defensive rally. Uh, You had Upton grab the ball and one movement, get to Iglesias Iglesias actually throws a strike down to Stassi. Stassi gets um, in a little collision at the plate. As you heard kind of a scary moment, you already know that Stassi is kind of coming back from that concussion uh, about two months ago that took a little bit of time for him to come back. So obviously when that collision happened, that was the first thing going through my mind and I'm sure going through a lot of people's minds. So uh, obviously out kind of he dropped the ball at the, at the point of contact, but because of where he was the, Base runner never touched the plate, so luckily he was able to get up, uh, grab the ball and tag him before the out. But that definitely saved a run in the second. In the top of the fourth, Andrew would get into a little bit of trouble, though. After giving up the a lead double to Miguel Sano, the twins would end up scoring two runs in that inning to make it 2-0. But that didn't last very long because Jack, the pirate Mayfield, will come up to bat.
1: Came inside and got too much of the plate.
2: Jack with a three run shot. So you heard it there. Captain Jack with a three run shot, making the score three to two with the Angels. And in the top of the fourth, or sorry, and Haney would uh, actually settle down after that point, uh, having a really good game. Like I mentioned before, you root for this guy. I do at least because he's been with the Angels uh, pitching wise for a really long time. Uh, it's always kind of good to see guys grow up and develop in the system, kind of like what we're seeing now with Sandoval, kind of like what we're seeing now with Suarez. But like he was kind of one of those guys as well, where he got brought in right around the time, uh, you know, the AAA major league level in the trade, and you kind of hope that he was would be able to develop. But he's been very, very touch and go. But he ended up going seven innings, four hits, two earned runs, only walking two and seven strikeouts. So, again, a very good outing. Anytime you get into that seventh inning, and especially if you get out of that seventh inning, uh, is definitely a plus. So uh, in the in the eighth inning, defense would be another huge factor for the Angels uh, as they save another runner on the base.
1: As Jorge Polanco leads things off in the eighth with a ball into right field. Polanco's on his way in a second. The throw there is in plenty of time to get him.
2: So, again, it benefits to have three outfielders play three outfield positions with Adam Eaton throwing the ball, uh, throwing the runner out, trying to stretch a single into a double. The very next play, almost the same exact thing happened. Adam Eaton chased down the ball, cuts it off before it gets to the wall. Holding that guy to a single, very next play, they hit into a double play, get out of that inning. So, uh, again, defense where at times has been really sketched for the Angels this year, came up big in this game, saving a run with a play at the plate, saving uh, a guy in scoring position by throwing him out. So, uh, Angels would end up winning this game 3-2 to when Glaces would come in and close it out. Uh, You know, you have to beat these teams that are struggling, even though I think a lot of people picked – the twins to take the central at the beginning of the year. And, you know, they had injuries here and there, they, but just like any other team, but they have been really struggling to, um, get any kind of momentum. And the angels need to take advantage of that. Now going into Friday, Alex Cobb on the mound, probably the, the most consistent angel pitcher they've had this season. I would say, um, especially because he's been there the whole year, Sandoval and Swarz have been good, but those are kind of later in the season additions to the rotation. But Alex Cobb has had a really good year with the angels. And out of all those guys that are on those one year contracts, Bundy uh, Cobb, Heaney's on his last year. Uh, Quintana, you really think Cobb would be the one guy that if they resign anyone from that group, he would be the guy. So he takes the mound um, against AJ Happ. AJ Hap has been really struggling but has been pretty good against lefties. So in this game, you saw Shohei and uh, Stasi and uh, Jared Walsh take the night off. And honestly, uh, especially with Shohei and especially with Walsh, well-deserved, I think I saw something where this is only the fifth game where Shohei didn't hit or pitch, like had a full day off. And this is like the third day that Walsh has had off. So uh, getting past the all-star break and not having a ton of days off, I think, you know, against a hard – a uh, pitcher that or a pitcher that throws left-handed against left-handed bats. I, it, it was a good time to do it, and he would uh, Alex Cobb would get some run support early uh, before he even gets on the mound when Jose Iglesias drives in Phil Gosselin to make the score 1-0, and then two batters later, Kurt Suzuki again catching for Stassi would go yard for the third time in his career, making it 3-0. In the top of the second, Jack Mayfield will hit his second home run in as many games to put the Angels up four nothing after two. So, you think as Angel fans, we would be pretty comfortable with that? Again, Alex Cobb was really rolling at this point too, and the first three innings, you could kind of see him. Uh, his stuff was working, his split was working. He looked like he was going to be able to go deep into game this game as well, just like Andrew Haney the day before. But Alex Cobb would give up an RBI single in the third that would make it 4-1, but still not really, you know, it was kind of a bloop here, bloop there. Nothing that was really hit hard, nothing to really con- concerned about. But before the start of the sixth inning, uh, during his warm-ups, Alex Cobb would um, take a couple throws, warm up like the pitchers normally do. He would look down at his fingers and be pulled out of the game. And if you remember earlier in the year, Alex Cobb Alex Cobb did have an issue with the blister came out later in the broadcast that it was a finger issue so they didn't specify necessarily if it was like a a nail issue uh, or a blister issue but uh, you can definitely think it's one of those and no word yet as far as uh, is it going to be an IL stand or what's going to happen? Because there is no days off for the Angels for the next two weeks, I believe. So um, they've had the luxury of kind of skipping guys a little bit here and there. Be- with days off in the middle of the week, they won't have that right now. So uh, that is something to kind of look out for as the week progresses is, is he going to be able to pitch again this week? Are they going to have to put him you know, on the shelf for a little bit to let that heal? Uh, but really unfortunate because, like I said before, Cobb was – uh, one of the guys that was pitching really consistent out of that rotation, and the guy that went on the mound, you can definitely, you know, kind of pencil him, pencil him in for uh, six innings. So uh, really hard, hard hit there. But uh, the Twins would add on some more runs on Alex Cla- uh, uh, Alex Sechek, everyone's favorite reliever, to make the score four to three, um, and it would be that way all the way into the eighth. But then after the leadoff walk uh, by Tony Watson, Roselle Iglesias would come in. Two batters later, Iglesias would give up a base hit, but it became a bunch of throwing errors. If you remember the play that I'm talking about, uh, you know, obviously uh, Lagarus was in left base hit to or yeah, base hit to him. Play at the plate gets by Suzuki. Suzuki tries to pick off the guy going to third, absolutely gets by the third baseman. He scores, so now the twins score two on a throwing error, and that's pretty much all it was because. Uh, Angels were not able to respond in the ninth inning, losing 5-4, and um, for as well as the Angels played defensively the night before, um, it really did come back and bite them this night. Another game that was very winnable, another game that the Angels were in control of most of it, especially getting out to a 4-0 lead that early in the game, but were not able to add on. And I think that's been a, another issue for the angels offensively is you look at some of their numbers, their numbers look, you know, decent, They're top six, top seven, and a lot of those categories. Um, but it just seems like when they put on runs early in the game, whether it be four, whether it be five runs, it just gives that team an opportunity to score more runs uh, with a long game still left ahead and they don't add on and, and gives, you know, teams the opportunity when they score one or two runs in the fifth, they feel like they're right back in it. And something like this can happen where you feel like you're in control the whole game. You have a defensive blunder. And next thing you know, you're losing the game by one because of some throwing errors late in the eighth inning. So like I mentioned, that was Friday game. So now going into Saturday's game, the game, the series split one, one. You have another young arm. Excitable arm, too. I think a lot of Angel fans are really excited for what Patrick Sandoval will bring to this rotation going forward. Um, and if you remember, he's kind of the guy that got thrown into the rotation because of the whole uh, BART situation. The first time they were up in Oakland when Shohei, Suzuki and some other players were late getting to the ballpark. So they went to Patrick and said, you have to start this game because Shohei won't be ready. And he hasn't looked back since. And this by far was one of his best, if not his best start as an angel without a doubt. Um, but early in the game with Otani on second, uh, kind of a weird play happened with Upton at the plate.
1: 0-2. Fastball smacked a short. Going to try to get the runner there. And then the ball's thrown away. What a that disaster, and that's score. two bases, and Otani's going to score. Simmons thought he could get Otani, who was away from second. He didn't get him. Polanco then turned it like a double play and threw it into the dugout. That was as disjointed as it gets. So
2: sometimes the Angels give it away. Sometimes the Angels benefit from it, but um, with that throwing error, the Angels would be up 1-0. Uh, but yeah, just a weird play overall. Like, Simmons... For as much as Angel fans love him, I understand he was really good defensively for the Angels most of the time. But to me, a lot of times stood out where he was doing stuff like this, like this play where there's no reason to go to second. Otani's already working his way back to second. You're not going to get him. Go to first, make the easy out and then kind of live to see another day. But instead, he wants to, uh, kind of force force it a little bit and it doesn't work out great I, and I, I remember that a handful of times where um he did that with the angels and it just didn't work out so uh helps the angels on this one uh i know it's hurt angels on the past but the angels got up 1-0 on this one then two batters later jose iglesias would come up and get another run on the board
1: on that breaking ball smokes it believe it's fair into the corner it is that's going to score upton and Iglesias slides in with a double
2: so obviously the angels up 2-0 after the first inning and kind of like i mentioned before you would hope the angels would add on add on add on it's great to have two in the first but you you know you're gonna need more runs throughout the game especially against good teams now luckily for the angels patrick sandoval was on fire this game everything was working from everything that he threw out there worked his fastball played off his, his changeup, his changeup, you know, being his his priority or his majority, like out pitch was working great. And after five innings, you had a a, a feeling, you had a feeling that something was, was happening uh, at the ballpark. Um, And, you know, for the most part, a lot of people didn't say anything, but if you listen to the broadcast or even were on Twitter, uh, you know, the broadcasters let you know that there was a no hitter going on and, You know some people don't mention it some people are superstitious like that some people aren't but um i personally was not saying anything so even when i told my wife i think in the seventh inning that there was something going on i just kind of pointed to the tv and let her um figure it out on her own and she she found out uh but yeah so he would take a no hitter all the way into the ninth inning he would get an out and but the very next batter this happened
1: with one out in the ninth and Rooker is safe at second.
2: Very appropriate the way Patrick was pitching that the base hit that got the no-hitter got broken up, was kind of like a jam shot, excuse me, like almost a foul ball, not anything hit clean at all. Uh, that's how good Patrick was. Even when he was giving up a base hit or a double in this in this, in this time, uh, it wasn't hit solid at all. It was not good contact. But, uh, yeah, it went eight in the third innings, no-hit baseball. Uh, great, great outing by Patrick Sandoval. Again, a young arm. I think a lot of Angel fans are going to be – really excited to see how he develops through the rest of this year. And then obviously uh, you know, he keeps it up. You can definitely see him start next season in the rotation and see how that goes. Only 20, I believe he's 23 or 24 years old. Another young arm in the angels organization that I think fans can be excited about. So you would end up getting the next guy out. So you, and uh, yeah, and this is a weird part of it too. Even looking back at the the kind of the box score of it, he would get the next guy out. So he's eight and two thirds, of the game through the game, and Joe Madden comes and brings in uh, Rosselli Glaces that would come in, give up, a run, give up a hit, which means gives up a run, makes it two to one. He ends up getting the next guy out, but Patrick Sandoval line looks like eight and two thirds, one hit, one run, one walk, twelve strikeouts. And um, watching the game in the moment of the game, you're kind of wondering why um, Madden would would do that would would take out. Patrick Sandoval at that point being that he's one out away from having a complete game shutout. Um, But, you know, there was a couple hits, the one that not necessarily the one that he gave up on the base hit, but the one right after that, where uh, it was a hard line drive to, to a fielder, but it was still pretty solid contact. And I think maybe Joe got a little worried about it, seeing that it was still a, uh, a two run game and, iglesias has been for the most part pretty lights out for the angels so you know not a complete game shout out for patrick but still a very good outing again nine and two thirds one hit one run one walk 12 strikeouts so um for everyone early in the year just that was worried about the angels pitching you know i don't know what their plans are going to be on for the trade deadline i don't know what their plans are going to be for the off season as far as adding starting pitching but i think I think it's very safe to say that the Angels need to now prioritize bullpen uh, reliever type arms more so than um, starting rotation pieces. Because if you get outings like this from, you know, from Cobb, a healthy Cobb, you get this from Patrick, even Haney was good. You've seen what Suarez can do. Um, We'll get to uh, Jaime Barea in a second. You see what they can do. Um, you know, it, it, it gives you a little more confidence to know that maybe they don't need to go so so big in the free agent market for a starting pitcher. Maybe they do need to maybe focus some of that money and some of that energy over to uh, the relievers because honestly, that seems like what's been really hurting the Angels most this year it has been uh, out of the bullpen, you know, late game kind of uh, explosions and stuff like that. So uh, with with the rotation the way it is, you know, young arms that can develop, you know, we'll see what happens with Griffin Canning. Obviously some of the news that came out earlier the week was both Chris Rodriguez and Reed Demers got promoted to AAA and we'll talk about them in a little bit, but yeah, so young arms are definitely something that could help this team moving forward. So like I mentioned, let's go to Sunday today. I'm recording it Sunday, um, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And going into this game was a question mark, or I should say more so coming into the weekend, there was a question mark, who would start, find out how maybe it's going to get, it's going to get a start. But then there was kind of talks about maybe we'll go an opener, then made. So there was still a question of that pretty much until the first pitch. And this is all because of the... Uh, They optioned, obviously, Griffin Canning to AAA Salt Lake before the All-Star break, but then he ends up getting injured back there, I believe, with some back tightness, back stiffness. So that's still kind of an issue. So normally this would be his spot in the rotation, but... Because of that, now uh, Jaime Brea is up with the Angels and is up from up with the Angels and up from Salt Lake. So he took the mound and would start, and it wouldn't necessarily go his way early as he gives a back-to-back home run to the Twins to make it 2-0 uh, in the first inning. And I don't know necessarily if it's um, – and at this point, a lot of people blowing up DMs, a lot of people tweeting, a lot of people doing posting this and that as far as – you know, Jaime's this, Jaime's that. And I mean, I don't know at this point, honestly, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't see the beginning of the game because I was golfing with my dad and with my brother. But another thing though, I had to think about is that it is his first start and in, in, in for the Angels this year. Yes, he's done it past, but it's like, when you're competing for a spot when you know that you need to have a good outing to continue to be in the majors there's a little more pressure to that and so maybe that's what it was maybe it was a little bit of the first inning jitters but I don't know what it was but definitely not a great start going back to back home runs to the twins but in the top of the second Max Stasi comes up with one on
1: Stasi, right center Cave and Kepler Cave leaves and he doesn't have- it bangs off him and the wall marsh will score easily and the angels are on the board and all the way to third base with a triple is max Stassy so max Stassy you hear it
2: there with a triple brandon marsh comes around to score after a walk to make the score one to two uh obviously the twins still up uh, but Jaime Brea would settle down after that first inning and keep the Angels in the game, which is very important because, you know, at times, you know, uh, pitchers tend to let things kind of snowball, but he stopped it right then and there and had a very good outing the rest of the day. Max Stassi would take advantage of that and catch up the Angels in the fifth inning with this.
1: Stassi had the triple. Angels had a run. Stass rips that one. Left field line, and it's gone! A laser to left! And this game is tied. Well, you got the two hard ones out of the way right away. A triple and a home run.
2: So, yeah, we ha- we were in full cycle watch at this point. Like like Gooby said, the hard ones are out of the way, especially for a catcher. A home run and a triple, you would think a single and a double would be easier. And even, too, if you go back to, I think, last month, Stassi actually had same thing, real close to a cycle, had a home run, a single, a double, but just couldn't get that triple. And now that... The two hardest ones, out of the way you thought it was a real possibility, and you were definitely on cycle watch. And, like I said, that home run tied the score two to two. And later in the game, in the top of the six, Shoei Otani will come up to the plate.
1: Oh, Tani, right field, a laser, and it's gone. 35. Sunny days. <laughs>
2: So Atani absolutely puts uh, a jolt into that one, making the score three to two. And you, meant, you heard it on the clip, 35th home run of the year. It, it's still, you know, maybe 60s pushing pushing a little bit. He's kind of has hit a little bit of a slump coming out of the break, but um, I believe the angels all time single season home run record is 49 by Troy gloss. I think Trout was at like 47 one year and couldn't get it that that team record is definitely still in play. That team record sti- is still, I think, will still fall this year with Otani, you know, barring everything him staying healthy and everything like that. But uh, Angels take the lead, three to two, on that absolute bomb by Otani. With the lead, Jaime would finish off a great day on the mound, going seven innings four hits, two, uh, two runs, two walks, four strikeouts. And, again, those two runs were in the first inning off those back-to-back home runs. But after that, I mean, you're looking at, you know, six innings of, of no-run baseball. Uh, you really settled down after that, and I think that's exactly what the Angels wanted. So you look at, you know, th- this weekend's past this weekend's performances and you kind of take obviously Cobb out because of the injury. You're not sure what that's, what that's necessarily going to happen there, but you had Heaney go seven innings. You had obviously Sandoval go into the ninth inning and now you have, um, Kime go seven innings also. So a great weekend of starting pitching for the angels that I don't know has ever been said this season. And I don't even know if it was said at all last season to tell you the truth. So, um, how many definitely puts, uh, a, a, a good feeling in, in a lot of fans uh, About this starting rotation Jaime Barilla, Sandoval um, You know, see what happens when Canny gets back Suarez, uh, Detmers Chris Rodriguez, you know, obviously Otani, uh, this rotation can be Something special, hopefully in, you know, the months to come and obviously into going into next year But it would stay 3-2 to two all the way To the top of the ninth um, There, Brandon Marsh would come up to The plate with Jose Iglesias on the mound
1: Runner goes, 0-2 pitch and into right center field. That's a hit. Marsh finds the gap. Iglesias racing around third. Headed home. Throw to the plate. He's in there. An insurance run. A big one for the Angels.
2: So I meant to say Iglesias on first, but I think you knew what I was meant. So, yeah, Brandon Marsh doubles in Jose Iglesias to make the score 4-2. to two. The very next batter, Max Dassey,
1: continues
2: his hot game uh, with a base hit.
1: Stassi, that's in the right field. Marsh to third, to the plate. He is in there. 5-2 Angels.
2: So Brandon Marsh scores from second base on a base hit using that speed that I think a lot of Angel fans are excited to see. With someone like Brandon, you know, his bat, I think, will come around. It will take a little bit of a time. He was, you know, you look at Brandon and Joe Adele, they've kind of gotten paired up. All the way through minor leagues, it always you couldn't really talk about one without talking about another. But Brandon brings something different to the game than I think Joe Adele. Joe Adele obviously is is the power guy, is the guy that will hit home runs and and have those kind of type of numbers. Brandon's gonna play, you know, plus defense. He's gonna have plus speed, um, pitch recognition is really well. Uh, so I think something like this where he's on second base and if it's even somewhat into the outfield he will score and that's exactly what happened here um him coming all the way around uh and max sassy just a double shy of the cycle he would he would finish the game three for four home run a triple and a single uh maybe next time but it was definitely a very good game for max sassy behind the plate and at the plate or behind the plate catching and at the plate Batting so the angels would end up adding one more, making the final score six to two, where they take three of four from the uh, Minnesota Twins. A team that has, like I said before, been really struggling lately this whole year. Going to be definitely be a seller when it comes to um, the trade market. And you know, like I said, we're recording this Sunday, less than a week away from the trade deadline. You know, who's coming to the angels, who's leaving the angels, but. You know, you can definitely see some guys probably leaving the twins. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And then as we stand right now, uh, with the weekend behind us, Angels right now are 11 games back of the division. Obviously with Seattle, Oakland and Houston ahead of them. And then in the wild card, they are five and a half back of that second wild card spot. Um, they have to hop over teams like, Cleveland, Toronto, Yankees, Seattle. Uh, then obviously Oakland still holds that last um, that last wild card spot. So is it doable? Five and a half back? Yes. It's still kind of going to be real interesting to see what happens as far as jumping over some of these teams. Do these teams buy? Do these teams sell? You already seen Tampa Bay add add a big bat. You already seen. You know, is Seattle going to buy? You know, there are a game and a half back of. Oakland for that last wild card spot and the angels see him, I believe seven more times throughout the season. So if they add, you know, a bat to that really good pitching staff, that's going to be really, really interesting. Um, New York, you kind of always feel like they're going to add Toronto in Cleveland, Cleveland, you know, I don't know how they're honestly with Cleveland. I don't know how they're doing it. Cause last time I checked, it seemed like they were, Oh, he's injured. Either pitch, you know, I don't think Shane Bieber's back, but there's, they're hanging around there too. So um, there are some teams that, the angels need to outperform and, you know, I think it's safe to say that if they do buy angels, I think they do need to buy some bullpen arms, not necessarily a, um, not necessarily starting pitching. Cause I think you saw today and this week, um, Pitching is good. Starting pitchings can be okay. I think I want to see it, too, against some better opponents coming up on the schedule. great to do it against the Twins. Now let's see if they can do it against the Mariners. Let's see if they can do it against Oakland. Let's see if they can do it against um, Houston. If they can put some serious games uh, pitching performances against those guys, then they will have something. So we'll see what happens with that. But, again, taking three out of four from Minnesota is a lot of is, – is good news it's really good news now they're going to come home we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming games and some stuff that happened in the news um, throughout the week right after this we take a short break so we'll be right back i want to talk about spotify green room spotify green room is a live audio only sports talk platform which is free to download and free to use you can talk to other fans athletes and insiders in real time perfect for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news all you need to do is download the spotify green room app free in the ios or android app store create a profile link it to your twitter and join that's it it's that easy so go ahead and check out spotify green room So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteak.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it super easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City Strip, Juicy Steak Burgers, All Beef Jumbo Hot Dogs, and even a complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your home this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, promo code SD. Again, that's KansasCitySteaks.com, promo code SD. And welcome back. So, obviously, there was some news in Angel Land, I guess we want to say that, over this last week. I think some of the biggest news that came out of it was Thursday afternoon, both Chris Rodriguez and Reed Detmers get called up to AAA Salt Lake. Obviously, the top two pitching prospects in the Angels organization, Reed Detmers being the first overall – or the first round draft pick for the Angels last year. And then Chris Rodriguez, who had a great spring training, great first month of the season – got hurt kind of struggled a little bit after that got sent to double a to work on some things have done has done really good there um but both of these guys are you're looking forward to possibly seeing in the rotation next year maybe even in the bullpen at some point this year but going up to triple slate a salt lake is the next step and for fans that don't know there's there's a lot of things that need to happen for these guys to get to the majors And number one thing is unlike years past obviously with the whole covid situation you have seen guys get called up from AA straight to the majors. Well, that can't happen this year because of COVID. So any guy going from AA has to go to AAA for at least, I believe, like two weeks to pass their COVID protocols. And once that happens, they will be eligible to come up again uh, for the majors. So we know for sure that Chris and Reed are going to be in the minor league or in Salt Lake for the next uh, week and a half now uh, when you're listening to this. So to me, that's almost like a, if we don't get anyone at the trade deadline, kind of a backup to where, okay, we'll call up these guys and, and see what they can do. So that's something to kind of look out for. But again, Reed Detmers, Chris Rodriguez, both up in AAA Salt Lake. Reed Detmers actually had his debut on the mound for, for A Salt Lake bees on Saturday. Great performance, going six innings, three hits, nine strikeouts um, in his AAA debut. So, obviously, great things from Reed Detmers then. Um, Chris Rodriguez will have his first start on Monday, so maybe by the time you're listening to this, he will be on the mound or close to it. So, definitely something to look out for going forward. But, um, again, if you get these two guys capable of going into the bullpen for the Angels this year and and then being comfortable and even maybe being like a two-inning guys, because obviously – Detmers has has started almost his whole career uh, at Louisville, has started his whole time this year with the Trash Pandas and now the Bees. Chris, on the other hand, his his innings were very limited coming into this year, so the plan was to slowly stretch him out throughout the year. You would think now Chris would be – Pretty easy now for Chris to go at least three innings if called upon. But if you're looking for these guys to be impact bullpen guys, I think that's a very good possibility, especially if the Angels don't buy at the deadline or maybe don't get as many arms at the deadline as uh, they want. But so that's something to definitely keep an eye out for. Reed Detmers, Chris Rodriguez in AAA Salt Lake. uh, Chris Rodriguez takes the mound Monday. And then obviously Reed Detmers will probably get another start. You know, uh, Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure how their schedule works out, but somewhere around there, you definitely think you see Demers on the mound again. Um, some other news that hit hit the internet this weekend um, off of ESPN, and it's not great news, especially for the Angels. I understand that the Angels got kind of called out on this more so than other teams, and I'm talking about the minor league pay, but more so the minor league pay, I think it's more so the conditions surrounding minor league players and and their play off the fe- not play off the field but just their living situation off the field and so if you haven't read the article having really looked at it you know there are players quoted in saying about you know nine guys in a two-bedroom apartment kind of just living in there and guys having to sleep in the kitchen and, and three guys sleeping in the front room just not great living conditions uh for minor league players and again the Angels did get called out by this because Angels players were willing to talk about it. Does it surprise me that, that it's that's happening? No. Do I think it's a uh, a whole minor league thing as far as not just Angels specific, but any team in the minor leagues? Yeah, I think that's kind of the deal because obviously the the payroll, the um, the salaries for these guys are very very capped. You know, you're talking about. Maybe a thousand bucks every two weeks, you know, and, but off of that, because of the living situation, you have to pay for an apartment or you have to hope that you can get enough guys in a, you know, in an apartment to where you can afford it or a car or stuff like that. So, um, that's a huge thing. And, and, and talking to somebody, talking to some people again, We've been around the minor leagues for a while. We've talked to players. We've talked to parents. We've talked to moms. We've talked to dads. we talked to, again, uh, players with the Angels now and some that have been traded or moved on from the Angels. You know, I try to reach out to some of them, and, and kind of the overall feeling of it is that, you know, obviously this is all true. This isn't just a one-guy story where he's kind of blowing out of proportion. It's, it's A lot of it's true, and a lot of it's kind of sad because you want to compare the Angels organization to, say, other organizations one of the people I talked to um, went to the Arizona fall league, you know, in years past, this is, this is a, obviously they haven't done it in a couple of years, but this is in years past and their experiences was a lot different than other players coming from different organizations. And if you're not familiar with this, with the, uh, Arizona Fall League. It is kind of like an all-star season where you get like your best prospects from all 30 teams. You put them on, I, I believe, like six different teams, but well-known guys. I mean, you, you Trout played in there. Bryce Harper played there. Um, obviously, most recently, you had like Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele there. You had those type of players play in this. Like I said, like it's like an all-star top te- type atmosphere. So it's this player that I've been, uh, that I talked to, obviously went there. And when you get there, you're thinking you're going to get something from the team to show their appreciation of you working hard and you doing this, you doing that. Well, some other teams, players, teams would get swag, would get gear, would get you know uh, some workout clothes, and, and the Angels guys didn't get anything. And that's kind of where you know it's a small example, but it's an example of how certain teams do go beyond what they need to do to make their players feel wanted and feel appreciated. And it just seems like the angels organization has really kind of, uh, short changed some of their players. And that's kind of really, that's really unfortunate because, um, as you see now, the players that come up through your system and develop and contribute, those are going to be the kind of like the, the foundation of an organization. And then, yeah, you add guys here and there in free agency, but if you don't have that young, you know, uh, foundation it's really hard to win and and you definitely need to invest into your minor leaguers and hopefully you know with the CBA coming up I know it's gonna be really hard for the minor leaguers to get something because they are not union they're not covered by the MLB union they're not they don't get into that until they're on the 40-man roster so it's gonna be really hard for them to try to fight and get something but you hope that more stories that came out like the ones that came out on ESPN um, put more pressure on owners to at least, you know, I, I understand, you know, thousand bucks every couple weeks, this and that, like, but do something as far as housing, do something as far as, you know, if you're going to give them a thousand bucks a week, don't make them have to take rent out of it. And then just from angels, you know, looking at angels, minor leaguers, you got San Bernardino, uh, 66ers. Is anyone if anyone knows anything about the, you know, housing market in California in general, San Bernardino or not, um, that's expensive. It's expensive for, you know, a two-bedroom, you know, two bath type of an apartment. And now you're asking them to get to the ballpark on time, get to um where they need to be without a car. Because unless these guys are, you know, in the top two rounds where they can get a good signing bonus, they're not they don't have a lot of money. Like you're talking about a guy that might sign in like the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. He'll get like a hundred thousand dollars for signing bonus, but guess what? That hundred thousand dollars is going to have to last you pretty much until you get to the majors. And that could be like in four years, you know? So obviously maybe you get a car so you can drive from the ballpark back. And so that's going to be a big chunk out of it. You know, obviously you get taxed from it. So there needs to be some kind of system to where the minor leaguers, whether them not having to worry about housing or transportation or even a meal. Cause you know, meals do get donated. Meals do get provided, but it's it's not necessarily a meal that you know. As one person tell me, you have to get in there right away because if you're a little bit late, there's not going to be a whole lot left for you. So something like that. There shouldn't be a, a minor league shouldn't be rushing into the clubhouse to get a meal. Like there should be one automatically provided by them. So something again I'm gonna look out for. And two anyone interested in helping out minor leaguers is a huge thing if you're interested in signatures if you're interested in getting like that kind of stuff signed i've always been told a huge like thank you to the players is getting them a 15 dollar gift certificate to chipotle like getting them a 25 five dollar gift certificate to Stater brothers or something like that to help them out i mean they're going to be there you know signing your ball signing your you know 10 cards like i've seen so many times at alien empire you know help them out you know like i said gift certificate to Chipotle or, you know, something like that helps out a lot. And I think people don't understand that, don't realize that, because guys like Joe, guys who sign in the first round, yeah, they get millions of dollars for a signing bonus, which is great for them. But for everyone else, you're talking about, you know, fourth round or later – you know, you're talking about, you know, $150,000 that's going to have to last you until you hit into the majors. And some of those guys take three, four years. And if you break it down like that, it's that's not a lot of money to live on. So I um, really hope they figure out a way to, to solve that issue. But something to hopefully already kind of wakes up and helps out the minor leaguers. And hopefully that produces better players that will produce a better team on the field. And something I know the Angel fans really, really want to see. So now moving forward to that, the upcoming series, Angels coming back to Anaheim on the flight, on the way back right now as we record to take on the Colorado Rockies. Monday, Shohei on the mound, and as of right now in the lineup. Joe Madden was asked about that after the Sunday game. He says he do he does believe Shohei will be on the mound and in the lineup for Monday's game, which I will be at. And uh, really looking forward to it because it will be my first time seeing Shohei pitch in person, and so hopefully um, – the, the, the Rockies don't put up too much of a struggle and the, he can breeze right through that game. Tuesday, you have Suarez on the mound and then Wednesday you have Heaney on the mound. So, uh, again, these, these lesser teams, these teams under 500, these teams that are not necessarily, um, in the running for a playoff spot. You hope that angels take advantage of it. Um, you know, with Colorado and, and Trevor story and all that stuff, maybe he's not there for the whole series. We'll have to play, you know, wait and see, but with the trade deadline right around the corner, uh, there's a very good possibility possibility. And maybe angels get some guys in, in that meantime. But like I said, you got Otani Suarez Heaney on the three game series. All games are actually in the afternoon, but afternoon at night at six 30. So, uh, for the podcast, we'll probably put out a quick podcast Wednesday night to kind of review the series a little bit. A little bit harder when <laughs> when there's not a travel day and you can just you know uh, do it when you get home. Do the podcast when you get home. We got to wait till after the game Wednesday night to throw a, a podcast out there. So uh, probably won't post until Thursday morning. And again, probably make it a quick one to talk about the series and and trade deadlines or anything like that pops up. Then obviously we'll talk about that. But uh, definitely look out for for the podcast. Wednesday night, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. So um, overall, good weekend for the Angels, taking three or four from Minnesota, coming back to Anaheim. Great start by by young pitchers, both in AAA and on the mound for the Angels. So something to really look forward to, something to really hopefully build on. But that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dan Garcia, and we'll see you next time.
0: Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and The Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you.